0: means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy Morris on Riftwake, and today we're here to talk about gold. So, Remy, what do, what do you know about gold? Well, it has the atomic symbol Au. It
2: has an atomic weight. I don't think that's probably what you mean by that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but no, gold is is actually really cool as a material. But that's for material science, not for D and D. It is pretty shiny. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Alright, anyway, when I say that we're here to talk about gold, there's really two parts of that. What I want to talk about really is the value of gold in D&D, and what the heck
1: are you supposed to do with it in-game? So, so Remy, um, what, what do you mean by that? Isn't, like, gold, relatively speaking, like, uh, what, 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 what? is gold actually how much would you one dare gold? say a
2: dollar if you say a dollar i will be furious at you <laughs> uh, uh,
1: no no i wasn't going to i was um, not, you're not um, going to now not not anymore not, not that i no. was <laughs> no, joking aside though yeah like if you
2: had to put a buying power to a gold piece in Dungeons and dragons fifth edition what would you just guesstimate it's worth
1: I always consider, like, a gold piece to be somewhere on the $50 mark. All right, and
2: that's closer to what I would say, but so very, very often I hear, oh, yeah, gold is a dollar, and then copper and silver is change. It's it's not. It, it's just not.
1: That <laughs> would make a lot more... Uh, no, it, the conversation would be <laughs> a lot more comfortable for everyone if it was. <laughs> But it's not a hard number.
2: So what it actually means, or at least the way that I'm choosing to interpret it, and I will explain my reasoning for this, is that a gold piece is a hundred dollars, making a silver piece ten and a copper a dollar. Nice even numbers. Yeah,
1: that sounds good.
2: And I'm actually getting that conversion. I'm getting this from the player's handbook. I'm not pulling this out of nothingness. All right, so in the expenses section of the player's handbook, there is a section on lifestyle expenses, which is how expensive is it to have lodging and food of various tiers of quality. And in particular, I'm going to just mention the prices of lodging and compare that to the modern day. So ai am going to skip the per, the lower ones on the chart because if you're an adventurer, I would sincerely hope that you're at least doing well enough to maintain a modest lifestyle at the least. I sincerely hope
1: for you. They, they could be miseries, you know that. Or or they, they don't pay for 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 the, where they stay. They just run into the and murder the innkeeper and <laughs> have free rooms. Well, I mean...
2: If they do that, then they're still at least hopefully murdering people in a nice inn. I mean, you wouldn't want to just 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 kill everyone in a hostel, just to share bunk beds anyway. <laughs> I mean, if you're willing to murder people just for a place to sleep, at least go for somewhere nice. It seems logical. Anyway, so the description of a modest lifestyle mentions. That it is for people that are soldiers with families, laborers, students, priests, hedge wizards, and the like, and that is with a cost of five silver per night. So five silver for the professions that were described $50. would be lot fifty dollars. So that is the equivalent
1: of a not great motel. Oh yeah, good point. That is the general going rate. Yeah. And then when you do move
2: up a little bit more in the world and you move on from modest to comfortable, someone with a comfortable lifestyle is merchants, skilled, skilled tradespeople, and military officers. And that one is for eight silver a night or, or about $80, in other words. Uh, okay. So that is a nicer place to stay. And then once you make the jump, though, from comfortable to wealthy, Wealthy is definitely a different connotation. That is a highly successful merchant, a favored servant of royalty, or owner of a few small businesses. There is a large jump there. So a wealthy stay is two gold a night. 200. So that is the jump. Yeah, so that's when you make the jump of lifestyle from $80 a night to 200 a night which makes sense, logically speaking.
1: That's like a price of a pricey hotel. No, no, that's the price of a proper hotel. Right, like that is a proper place to live when you're on the
2: road. And then when you make the jump (laughs) to aristocratic, then you're at the point of actual nobility and such. That is a minimum of 10 gold or sorry a minimum of four golden which would be a minimum price of four hundred dollars and i actually like the way that they mention that in the book that it is the minimum for that year with no maximum
1: which you sounds about right for the rich can you imagine it's like i'll have to penthouse please mm-hmm. that'll be 10 golden night. oh so cheap lovely <laughs> Right, that's when
2: you're at the point of ridiculous wealth. So every time that so many dungeon masters go around saying, "Oh, that'll be
1: a gold for a mead," excuse me. Uh huh. I- I'm I'm am I'm, I'm sure that there are like a means a hundred bucks, right? That's Especially good stuff and cough <laughs> cough. Uh huh.
2: So that's the thing. So that is why, in character as Morris, in that episode, it's the same reaction you'd have to someone saying, like, yeah, I've got meat, it's 100 bucks a bottle, or $100 a cup. What the fuck? Fuck you. No. But then, when you're told, oh, it's the, the top-shelf stuff, then Morris apologized for his reaction.
1: Yes. Uh, there's also a couple other things you have to consider. It's like, okay, what are things worth in the world, and what are... What? How much the party generally gets from both well people? Funny you should mention that. There actually also in terms of the value of things,
2: in that same expenses section, there is lodging. But before that is food and drink. Yes. So it has the price of a gallon of ale is two silver, a pitcher of wine also normally two silver, and it even mentions a fine bottle of wine. Is ten gold, which honestly checks out. So having a cup of mead be one gold is completely reasonable. So in chapter five of the player's handbook, there's a section that talks about expenses, and that has trade goods, which is useful and fun, but not relevant
1: to this discussion. Although useful if you want to know how much a cow costs, but cows are they are the true currency of this world, you know. We trade mm-hmm. cows for everything. You know, when I want to buy them. You could. A cow is apparently worth 10 gold. So technically,
2: you could have a treasure hoard of a thousand cows, but good luck exchanging
1: those back for currency. I would like an ice cream. Here you go. Here's my cow. <laughs> What's well, ice cream? Well, it's something I I found out from lands much further from here. They use some sort of, How am I supposed to know? Um, you see, you seem to be a businessman, <laughs> and I think
2: I just sweep the floor.
1: Well, I think you should be a businessman with this cow here. Um, and, and that that be ten gold, by the way. Uh, t- this cow here, you could ten gold. Yeah, with a. Uh, Wait, wait, five. Do I look like oh, I've
2: got 10 gold well, fine, to
1: spare? Fine, fine, fine. Actually, <laughs> yes.
2: that reminds me. Thank you, Nathan. You reminded me of a very important thing that also should be addressed. A schmuck on the street is not going to have 10 gold. At the same time, in a, a... Well, honestly, any medium to high magic world, they're not going to be peasants living in the shit either. There actually is specific spelled out income... Mm-hmm for unskilled and skilled laborers. There's a whole section on hirelings. So you, so it specifically lists that an unskilled laborer... Alright, so we mentioned that uh, Sideshow Jeremy voice person earlier and mentioned that a peasant isn't likely to have 10 gold just laying around. But, especially in a world of magic, they're not necessarily going to be the dirty peasants that you normally think of either. And in shoot, I actually don't remember if it's the player's handbook or the dungeon master's guide now. Uh Where DM, are hirelings.
1: DMG, that there there the would be in the dungeon master's guide. <laughs> yes, I know that, that. That makes sense.
2: Okay, yes, yes
1: it is. All
2: right. So in the dungeon master's guide, there is a section on hirelings, and they specifically mention that even an unskilled laborer makes 2 silver pieces a day which is not great but again looking at that same lifestyle expenses that we were talking about a little while ago a poor lifestyle which is not great and they might have to live in a shared room you can get food and lodging for two silver a day so you're absolutely able to maintain that lifestyle and you would not have any savings but You're fed, you have a job, you're doing all right for yourself. However, the twist for that comes in when that is the price of staying at a hotel every night and buying all of your food. There are no tables for how much it costs to get materials to cook because these books are written for adventurers, for people who do just hire people to do all of those things for them. But if you just consider the logic of Okay, I have an idea that if a gold is 100, then that would also mean that you can consider that same progression of math to figure, okay, so that means that I could figure out how much is an apartment of that same kind of quality by just multiplying that out. And you can use that to figure out, okay, so a a poor person can save money over time by just having a having a consistent place to stay or by cooking their own food and saving a copper here and there.
1: Or they could even, like, basically they could be a farmer of sorts. Basically they work for a farmer or they could be like a bondsman to a, um, someone, wait, is that a bondsman? A bondsman to perhaps a farmer and basically own a part of the land and harvest it. They get a bit of the profits and then the, Gai and um gets the rest of the profits, which is most of them, but yeah.
2: Yeah, but it absolutely does make sense for the less fortunate people in the world to still be able to do all right for themselves, even if they're not necessarily adventurer rich. All right. So another interesting thing to think about that most people probably wouldn't think as interesting, taxes. So in... So have you ever put any thought into taxes in d and
1: <laughs> I definitely have, actually. So the way it works in Wake is basically you are taxed on um, the kind of job you have. Basically, a lot of real life stuff, but um, you're yeah, taxed generally by those means. And you are exempt from taxes if you, for example, make... Um, for example, if you are a farmer, because... Most of your food will be going straight to um, helping the kingdom not starve mm. and sort of to promote the uh, job. They basically so farmers aside.
2: Don't, don't why? Them. Why would taxes be of any interest to a D and D player or DM, more particularly?
1: Well, it's a very. It, it basically explains um, how how these giant walls are built and stuff like that typically, I mean, sometimes you can explain it to the other way, which is uh, slavery, which is is what happened with, um, the walls of Jordan. Uh, (laughs) but that, that's one of the ways to explain why you are able to build such, uh, giant feats of, um, Exactly. Exactly.
2: in a D exactly. world
1: there are a whole lot of dangerous things trying to
2: get to where those delicious delicious people are and so having an idea of what is the amount of wealth that any town or city has available to defend themselves i would say is worth knowing and you don't even have to go as all out with it in the charts as people like us do but you could just think okay How many people live here? All right. How many people can't pay anything? So of the people left, just multiply that number by just something small like one and just say, okay, if half the people can pay taxes, then in a city of 5,000, there's 2,500 gold available. And then that just gives you an idea of what kind of resources they'd have available to throw at problems. And that could be used in a lot of different ways, actually, that can be used to think about, okay, so they've built the wall, then what do they do the next year? Well, they replace the wood wall with the stone wall. And then after that, they might expand a bit. And then also any of that gold could be the amount of funds that the city has available for say, adventurers, like that could be the amount of gold that a city or a village, if you want to go smaller also, has available. Even if an individual doesn't have gold, if adventuring is a common lifestyle or profession in the world, then it would make sense for governments to have a fund to pay those people. Because being able to pay the powerful people that you want to help you makes sense.
1: Now, let me tell tell you something that's funny. Um, So, Here's the thing. Here's what happened after they built the wall, right?
0: They built the wall.
1: And it just so happens that outside the walls, there's a lot of slums now. That's how I'm going to put it. Lots of people had jobs. And then now that the entire demon war thing is over and the wall doesn't really need patching anymore, does it? So where, where did all those jobs go now? gone so basically now has slums outside of Warsaw people who can't really find a job and stuff like that you are an evil person yes I am
2: (laughs) all right moving on because I don't want to think more about that dude that's so bad anyway so another so the last subject that we'll go over when talking about gold what to do with it. If you are an adventurer, you are by default in the highest paid percentage of the population. Congratulations, if you're an adventurer, you are the 1%. So the question then becomes, okay, let's say you attack a dragon and manage to beat it. There's one of two things that will happen afterwards. Either the dungeon master will follow the horde charts in the in the Dungeon Master's Guide, and okay, you've killed an adult dragon and you find 10,000 gold, which is enough for it to stand on with one foot. Or they go the high fantasy route and congratulations, you killed the dragon. You have 10 million
1: gold. Oh no. <laughs> oh, so, why do you say that? Because, um, there's always, uh, the cost of moving that much gold about but outside of that you also had to consider the economic ramifications of suddenly having so much gold flooding back into um the economy oh go on what are the consequences so what will happen is that generally the price like the value of gold would basically um uh, inflate or with so much gold, basically hyperinflate. But if you're using fantasy rules here, it basically will allow you to do a lot of things. hmm So the question is, as a dungeon master, which of those two scenarios with the dragon would be the one that you would do? For mm-hmm. me, definitely it would be a case of, okay, you have two choices. Do you want this much gold, or do you want this much gold and then bad things might happen due to you getting this much uh, Why are you making it a choice? Because You're the dungeon master. Yeah, because I like giving people a choice just to fuck with them. Uh, <laughs> that's me. So I, I like giving people a choice so that they will conserve both options. Whatever they choose will become the wrong one. Um, <laughs> because I am cruel and evil mm-hmm. that way. So yeah. So...
2: The thing is, in that kind of situation, let's say you have the normal treasure payout and you get, you know, 10,000 gold or whatever it is for the strength of creature you fight. You have that gold and you move on with your life, but then it's not epic anymore. Like you killed a dragon and you've demoted it to just another beast, So for dragons especially, at least my own leaning on the matter, is that it should be awesome. It should be epic. It should be a mountain of gold. Because then you have a different quandary in front of you after the fight. What do you do? If you have that much gold, what do you do? Do you... Try to keep it a secret and just day after day, bring backpack full after backpack full to whatever town you're in and try to slowly just get it into the market or convert it into a form that you can use more easily. Do you try to use magic somehow and get a bag of holding or 10 to just hide all of the gold in and go to a large city where it'd be easier to hide that quantity of wealth? Like, what do you do when you have that amount of money? So even before you get to the idea, what do you do with it? Just how do you get it out of there when you have that ridiculous quantity? And that creates an entire new subplot of story. What do you do if you have 10 million gold, but only six hours to do anything before the next person shows up? What do you do in six hours? Timing starts now. That is the kind of situation that I, as a dungeon master, want to see. What do players do? What do the characters do when they are on the clock with a life-changing event? And then, if we make the assumption that they are able to at least get the majority of that wealth to a place where they can use it, then what? Let's say that, for the sake of argument, that this is a... level 10 group of five adventurers so they each would get two million gold if they divide it up evenly or they can go together and use it for something enormous that is the level of wealth that can get a castle and that can create an entire different style of gameplay where you can have your own city begin excuse me sorry You can have your own city begin to be built. You can create your own place on the map and immortalize yourselves in the world. Or you can just get a whole bunch of plus three magic items and continue adventuring. But... There are so many choices that that amount of wealth would put in front of you that I would just cross my fingers, Mr. Burns style, and just watch and see what happens. But whatever you decide, gold has a huge impact on the world, and it's worth thinking about.
1: Yes, definitely.
2: Wait, no, that's the end one. Uh, Thanks for listening to this
1: conversation on gold. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rest and Rules. Please give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riffwakepodcast. Support us get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, where you will be able to chat with the cast, and even a shout-out on the show. Donations start at $1. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Podcast, on Facebook, as RiffWake. And on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash podcast. Have a good one.
0: Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.